As you're sitting, I ask that you would grab your Bible and turn to Daniel chapter 10. And I want, to, I want us to take a look at a passage of Scripture here. As we've been looking at Daniel and some of his colleagues and this whole concept of standing and taking a stand and, and standing strong and standing for our faith and standing for what is right. And I don't know, this passage of Scripture I think is very uh, heartwarming, uh, although it's disturbing. I think there's some things in it that is very heartwarming that I want to just kind of extract out for um, us as we've been talking about this concept of, of standing in faith. So in Daniel chapter 10, we're going to read about a vision that Daniel had. And um, if you've read and studied much of Daniel, he had some visions that relate to the end times. But I want us to take a look at this one and just uh, extract something a little bit different out of it as it relates to us standing in our faith. So in Daniel chapter 10, I'm going to read through it. It's a short chapter. But I want to read about this vision. I want to read about this experience that he had and how uh, some of this can really relate to us. It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar. The message was true and was about a great conflict. He understood the message and had, and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. Morning, he was fasting and praying. I was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put any oil on my body until the three, week, the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze. And the sound of his words, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. I think this is interesting. The men who were with me did not see it, but, they, but a terror, a great terror, fell on them, and they ran and they hid, as most people do, right? And he's going to say this, I was left alone. And I was looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was powerless. I heard the words he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Suddenly, a hand touched me and raised me, to my, raised me to my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I'm saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now, for I have now been sent to you. And after he said this to me, I stood trembling. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me. For from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I have come because of your prayers. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days. For the vision refers to those days. While he was saying these words to me, he turned my face towards the ground. I turned my face toward the ground, and I was speechless. Suddenly, one with human likeness touched my lips, 
I opened my mouth and I said to the one standing in front of me, My Lord, because of my vision, anguish overwhelms me and I am powerless. How can someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my Lord? Now I have no strength and there is no breath in me. Then the one with human likeness touched me again and strengthened me. He said, don't be afraid. You who are treasured by God, peace to you. Be very strong. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. He said, do you know why I've come to you? I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I leave, the prince of Greece will come. No one has the courage to support me against them except Michael, your prince. However, I will tell you what is recorded in the book of the book of truth. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up. Let me back up in the, in the book of truth, period. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to strengthen and protect him. Now I will tell you the truth. Now, I don't want to go into really the vision and interpretation of that vision, but I want us to hang out back here on this vision for a second. So Daniel commits himself to praying and fasting for 21 days. He's not eating anything. He's not drinking anything. He's not even really bathing per se. He's, he's, he is just in an all-out fast. Why? Because he's very disturbed. He's very disturbed of what's taking place, of things that, that he's beginning to see and hear. He's beginning to become very disturbed for his people in the end times, and he doesn't understand what's taking place, and, and he's very disturbed, and, and, and he begins to pray. He begins to pray and fast. And as he begins to pray and fast, he, this person, whether it be some have said that this is a, as a Christology or Christophagy, it's a, a appearance of Christ before Christ became incarnate. Some have said, well, it's an angel uh, of heaven, whatever it is. I don't really want to get into debate that right now. But what I want to look at is how Daniel was and what this this figure, whether it was Christ himself or a angelic being or whatever, ministered to Daniel. And it brings great comfort to you and I, in a sense. And that's what I want us to take a look at. In the first part of this, what I want to, I want us to see is this. God, and I don't know how to word this. When I was trying to pin this, it's like God deeply cares about us. Now, I think all of us can say, ah, yeah, absolutely he does. I want us to take it, I want us to really take a look at it. it essentially is this. There are, there, there, there are things about us that we, we don't even know. There are things about us that we have no clue, no concept, nothing about it. The only person that knows every single little intricate detail about us, even beyond ourselves, is God himself. And God deeply cares for us. God deeply cares for you. Do you understand that? I'm not just talking about salvation. I'm not talking about just Jesus coming to the cross and dying. And I'm not devaluing that whatsoever. I'm talking about God deeply cares for everything that takes place within your life. It's so, now, Track with me. Has there been times in your life where you've sat back and you said, where is God at in this? If not, maybe you're not human. Has there been times where you look at something, something has happened within your life, whatever it may be, some tragedy, something has happened to a loved one, something happened to you, you've gotten some news, something is taking place in and around you that you don't understand, something is taking place, and the one thing that you do know what to do as a Christian is you want to pray, you want to go to God, and you go to God and you pray, but you don't hear a thing from Him. And you think, wait a minute, where is God at in all this? And you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you don't hear anything. It's as if... Heaven is shut. It's as if heaven is silent. It's as if you have no voice whatsoever going to God. And it's like, you know, and if we be really honest with ourselves, 
And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. There are times when I get angry with God. Maybe you don't. Maybe you never get angry with God. Maybe there's nothing that's ever happened to you where it's put you in a position where you just kind of, you don't question your faith, but you get kind of angry with God because deep, like with me, there's times where I get angry with God because deep down I know that God has the capabilities of intervening into every single situation and doing something about it. But He doesn't. What about the people that, 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 that have been in churches that I've been a part of? Where something has happened, where someone has used their free will to do something to someone else that somehow trickles down into the body of the church that I'm pastoring, into the people that I've grown to know and I've grown to love, and something happens to them that is completely out of the clear blue to a loved one of them or something or whatever it is, a tragedy, whatever it is, an atrocity, whatever it is, and I pray to God and I'm like, God, you've got to intervene. You've got to do something. You've got to move. You've got to touch this. You've got to do something. And God doesn't do it. That upsets me. Would it upset you? I mean, who are we serving here anyhow? And there's times where you pray and you pray and you pray and you ask God and you wonder and you think, this has got to be in the will of God. How would God ever want this? And you pray and you pray and you pray and God doesn't move. I think that's how Daniel felt. Daniel was praying and praying and praying. Now, I want to throw another little wrinkle in here, and I would suggest this to any, I would, I would suggest this, recommend this reading. I've, I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but there's a book called Shattered Dreams by Larry Crabb. And I want to tell you something. When I started reading that book, the very first couple chapters, that's exactly what he does. He starts talking about his issue with God. He's a Christian psychologist, a very, very deep biblical, theological psych, Christian psychologist. And he goes down that route, saying, you know what, my problem is, my problem's with God. And he begins to lay this out. How is it that God chooses to cure someone of cancer over here, but yet something happens over here to some small child, and it's like God doesn't move and it just happens. You know, and nothing, I mean, the, the worst case happens. Why is it that it happens here and not over here? And let's, you know, for him, he was questioning. And, and as soon as I started reading, I'm thinking, you know what, this is, <laughs> he's got my attention. He's got my attention. And I'm not angry with God by any means. But I'm just saying as a human, there are times when I pray, I don't understand why God doesn't answer that prayer. There are many times when I pray that God doesn't answer the prayer the way I think it should be answered. And one of the things Larry Crabb talks about, and I've shared this with you a little bit, but I would really recommend you reading this. Because I think there's a lot of times as Larry Crabb talks there's a lot of time, God deeply, deeply cares for us, but the issue is we don't really understand because of our humanness. We don't really understand what we truly, what we really truly need at the core of ourselves. And there's times within our lives, and I'm not talking about atrocities, but there are times within our lives when our expectations don't go the way we think they should go, and we feel really dashed. We, we, it just blows our mind. We don't understand why this doesn't take place. Okay, this is after you cut through the first level of, well, God needs to give me a good financial income and a nice house to live in and a couple cars. And we kind of lay all that superficial stuff out after we cut through that level and we get to the deeper level because God's not moving. We start really examining some other things and then it becomes a little bit more intense. It becomes a little bit more personal. 
And one of the things that Larry Crabb talks about, Crabb talks about in this book called Shattered Dreams, is this. There are times where God allows our deepest desires and our strongest dreams to get shattered so that we could truly experience the one thing that we truly need, and that is this deep, rich encounter with Him. Crabb says the one thing that God offers that is so rich and so deep is this opportunity to, to encounter Him in a very deep... Well, let's just end right there. To encounter Him. Because when we encounter Him, we, and we, have, we, we, we have this deep intimacy with Him. It's a, great, it's a good book. But I thought about that when I was reading this. I thought about that with Daniel. I thought about that in my personal life when, when, when I pray. When there's things that I pray about. I thought about that when, when we have certain things that happen within our body. Certain things where people will get sick and we pray and nothing happens. Where the elders come. We look in James where it says, James tells us that the come, to elders to come together at the church, come together and pray over someone. Lay hands on that person. And we do that and nothing happens. And then we can start, start you know, start with our human reasoning of why that didn't take place. But at some point, I think it comes down to God is either going to answer or He's not going to answer, in a sense. And I thought about that. And, and, and the more I thought about this, the more I realized that there are times where God allows certain things to happen so that we can encounter Him at a much, much deeper, deeper way. And there's other times, and I'm not suggesting that God ever causes bad things to happen, but I'm just going to be really open and honest. If you're like me, there's sometimes I've got to get kicked in the teeth and in the gut for God to get my attention. Because I'm so wrapped up in everything else that's going on in my life, I'm distracted. And God becomes a part of this big distraction that I've got going on. He's one segment of my life. And I've got to be reminded again that He's not a segment of my life. He is my life. And when I begin to understand that, that's when I really begin to understand that God deeply cares about me and God deeply cares about my prayers. But when you look at Daniel, I want you to take a look at this. When you look at Daniel, I want you to look at what he says. I want you to look at what, what the Scripture says. That this, this angelic being, this, this Christology um, said, to, or said about him. Look in... Um, I want you to look down in verse 10. It says, Suddenly a hand touched me and raised me to my hands and knees. First of all, let me say this. Anytime, when you go back through Scriptures, anytime someone comes in contact with someone that's like of an angelic presence or God Himself, often you see a posture of that person kind of doing like this. You kind of drop to the ground. You kind of drop to the ground and kind of lay flat on your face. Because you realize you're in the presence of something much, 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 much greater than who you are. And that's what happened to Daniel. And as Daniel's there, this hand touches him to the point where it can raise Daniel to at least his hands and his knees. But I want you to listen to this, guys. And I want you to pay attention to what this is saying. I want you to lean into this verse right here. Because this is one of the most intimate verses I think we could come across in the Scripture. He says this, He said to me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. You are a man treasured by God. Does that shoot through every 
emotional fiber that you have? Would you want someone that be able to say that up to you? Would you want, if you stood before Jesus or before something, an angelic being, and it touch, they touched you and they said, listen, you are a woman treasured by God. You are a man treasured by God. You are a child treasured by God. You see, I don't think we understand that at times about how much God deeply cares about us. We are treasured by God. Daniel experienced a message that just, I think, would reverberate through anybody's soul. You are a man treasured by God. Let's go to the second point. The second point is this. There is always more going on behind the scenes. This is something that I think we have a really hard time understanding. I think we look at something and we say, this is what I see, this is my perception, and this is what it is. And we make a judgment call about it. This is all I see. There, and we can't, we can't fathom that there may be more things, more information to, to tag along with this, or more context to give to this to have a deeper understanding. In this situation, this is exactly what we see. Daniel is praying and fasting for 21 days. 21 days he's praying and fasting for God to move. He doesn't hear anything. He has this vision. It drops him. He sees this, this, this being. It drops him on his face. He hears these words, Daniel, you are a treasured person. You are a treasured man. And as Daniel gets the strength to just kind of raise up a little bit through this, look what happens to this. Look what he says. This per, this thing says, this, this entity says, don't be afraid, Daniel. He said, for from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself, the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before God, your prayers were heard. Your prayers were heard, Daniel. Well, wait a minute, God. 21 days has gone by and I haven't heard anything from you. So therefore, you can't be moving, right? In this situation, God, what's taking place within my life, you can't possibly be in this. This can't possibly be happening. This can't possibly be good by any means whatsoever, God, because I don't see it. Isn't that how we react a lot of times? We make these judgment calls. We make these things. We look into something and our perceptions are 100% absolutely right. Right? Never. Daniel had this thing. He had this vision. He raises up and it says, your prayers were heard clear at the beginning. And then what happens? More information starts to come out. Daniel... I've been standing back here fighting a spirit that prevented me from coming to you the very first day you prayed. The very first day that you sought understanding. The very first day that you humbled yourself. The very first day that you petitioned, you positioned yourself in a posture to understand and to come to me. I, your prayers were heard, but I couldn't get there. I was fighting a spirit over here that I could not overcome. I was fighting this other thing. You see, guys, there are things that's happening in around us that we don't understand. There's things that we don't see. Paul talks about this in the spiritual sense. Paul says that there is heavenly wars going on. 
you and I don't see those things. We go about our lives. We do. We just kind of live our lives and just kind of go about our lives, right? We don't see what's going on. We don't see what's happening in the heavenlies. And it's so easy for us to draw assumptions. It's so easy for us to make a judgment call about something because we don't see it. I don't know about you, but that is very arrogant in my, from my perspective. And maybe I'm off. But to make such a quick snap call about God at times, to say, well, God doesn't care. Well, God's not in this. Well, I must be praying wrong. Well, so-and-so must not be in the right position. Well, and we make all these calls when there could be something taking place that is so much bigger and grander. Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. In the very first day that you started to pray, your prayers were heard. To the point that heaven was moving because I was coming to minister to you. I was coming to speak to you. I was coming to answer your prayer. And I got detained by this spirit over here that I couldn't get past until someone came in. This other, this other being came in to help me. I don't know about you guys, but to me, that just reaffirms that I'm a human. And that I'm a created being. And that there are times where I'm not going to know what's taking place in and around me, but I have the faith and I have the trust in Jesus that He knows. And He's going to take care of whatever it is that's happening within my life that I need prayer. I don't understand it. Every time we sit down and study the Bible again and again and again, there are things that come up. It's like, why does it, this doesn't make sense? This doesn't make sense. Why, 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 why? Because we're human a lot of times and we, when we study this and we can't understand it. There is so much bigger things happening when it comes down to just being humble and trusting God and saying, God, this is my life. I understand that you deeply care about me. And God, this is I get this. So I want to say this to you guys. There are some in here this morning. Guys, you've been praying for some people. You've been praying for some situations for years that you have not heard an answer. Shouldn't this give you hope to say, I've got to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying because God's going to answer my prayer. There are lives that maybe need to be turned to Jesus and you've been praying for those lives for years. Guys, don't give up. God hears your prayer. You are treasured by God. There are relationships, there are marriages in here that are struggling. There are all kinds of things that are happening in this room right now as it relates to us being humans and us living in a fallen world. Don't give up. Stand strong in your faith. Keep praying. God hears our prayers. God hears your prayers. And I want to tell you something. There are people sitting in here because God hears your prayers. There are people sitting in here. There are lives sitting in these, these pews right now as I speak that are a direct result from individuals that did not give up for praying for you or maybe your parents that's going, that, would, that influenced you or whatever. Don't give up. God hears our prayers. There is always things going on that we may not know, but we keep the faith and keep understanding that God is doing more than we can see, that God is doing more than what be, might be happening around us. last thing I want to share with you is this, and this is one of the biggest ones too. God always is the strongest in our most brokenness. Peter talks about this. When we get to the end of our ropes is when really God shows up. Why? 
Because that's when we let go. That's when we let go. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered because we haven't let go yet. We're still controlling it. We're still, we know the answer to the prayer, right? We know the way God should show up. We know the way God, you know, what should happen, what should take place. It's when we get at the end of our rope. We see this with Daniel. Where Daniel just gets to the point where he doesn't have any strength, man. He's at the end of his rope. He's physically, he's there. And this is when God shows up. This is when he's touched to have strength. This is when he's able to finally get up and have some strength to even just understand. Guys, it is when we get to our utmost brokenness to when God really moves. That's when we just totally, that's when we give up. Until you and I give up, a lot of times nothing's going to change. Because we still try to control. We still think we know the answer. We still try to implement this or integrate this or whatever. When at the end of the day, when we come to our last, that last straw where it's like, God, I'm giving up. God, I don't know where you're at, but that's when God shows up. Paul talks about this too. When God's strength is the most, is the greatest is when we come to that point. Now, I want to be very clear. Everybody listen to me. I am not suggesting that we have the ability to limit God's power. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about you receiving God's power. And a lot of times we don't receive God's power because we are still trying to be in control of the situation. I had a phone call from an individual this week that was just very at the end of at the end of the rope. Absolutely at the end of the rope. And I said I said, you know what? It was the beginning of the week and I said I said, you know, the only thing you have left to do, honestly, is to when you get home, is to find a place, and I and I said we have, we've been talking about this. We talked about last week. We talked about our prayer posture. I said I think the only thing you've got left to do is to go to a, in a place in your house and just just get on the floor, just spread out on the floor, and just let it all go. Let God know what you're feeling. Let God know what you're thinking. I said let it go. Tell God. Just let it go. Be honest with God. God is God. God's strong enough to take this, right? You know, here's the thing. God wants a real authentic relationship with us. I don't know about you, but there's not too many people in my life that doesn't really, that's never really experienced the full gale, right? There's times where they've experienced the full gale when I'm angry or when I'm upset or when I'm emotional or whatever. A lot of my friends know me and they know that's gale, right? They know what, who gale is or whatever. That's the same way it is with God. Somehow we think that we can hide that from God or that we're not going to be that with God because God's God and we're, we're this and that's, that's not being respectful. Well, let me share something with you. I think God wants this true, authentic, raw relationship with us where we can come to God and say, God, you, you've got the power to move. You've got the power to heal. You've got the power to do whatever you want to do. You've created all things. Why is it that when I pray that you can't move? I mean, laying it all out there. Laying it out there to the point where it's like, ah, this is it. I don't have anything left. I'm broken. I've got nothing left, God. If you don't show up, if you don't move, I'm done. And I told him, I said, I would find a place and I would just sprawl out and I would get to that point and I would just lay it all out before God. I, would, you, I said, you don't have anything left. You are at that point of brokenness. Just let it go. And it was kind of interesting. A couple days later, I got a message back saying, Praise God. God showed up. There are times when God wants you at your all the time. God wants us at our complete brokenness. Because that's when God can move. 
if we could fix it, it would already be fixed, right? But it's not, so why can't we just get to the point of the end of our rope and say, here I am, God, this is it. Daniel was at the end of his rope. Daniel was completely broken. Daniel received all kinds of, <laughs> through his fasting and through his praying and through his humbling himself from God before God, God showed up to Daniel. God showed up. God ministered to Daniel. Daniel was, was able to hear that he was so deeply loved by God, so deeply cared for by God, and that there were things that, that were happening behind the scenes that, that he didn't understand. But it gave him context to realize, wait a minute, God was moving. God was moving. God was in the business of, of hearing my prayers. And then just the strong, as, we, as, we, as he reached that sense of brokenness, that's when he was touched and he was able to have the strength to stand up and hear the message uh, of what was going to happen, the interpretation essentially of this vision, of these visions that were that was happening around him. I don't know where you are on your journey. I know where I've been. I know where I've struggled. I know where I want to go. I know that I want to see more of Jesus. And I want to tell you something, guys. I know that I'm human. Every day I'm reminded that I'm human. And it doesn't take people telling me that it's usually me just showing up in the situations and I come to this realization, holy cow, am I human? I'm human. I have these little snippets that happen in my life that I'm just humbled in a sense and not humbled in a, in a way that where I say this is good because I humbled myself. I'm talking about when, when these other things humble me and I realize, what in the world am I doing? I don't know where you are on your journey. I pray that you're heading in that direction too where you're wanting to just you're wanting to see more of Jesus and you're wanting to be more like Jesus and you want to be more excited about Jesus. I know that sounds trite in our world today. I know that sounds cheesy in our world today. But I want to tell you something. There's nothing that's going to fulfill us and we've talked about this. The Bible teaches us this. There is nothing more fulfilling, life-giving than to know Christ more and more and more and more. God always wants to show you more. God always wants to show you more. The question is, are we going to allow that to take place? That's up to you. That's up to your control. That's up to how much you're going to allow God to show you. And if you want to see more, God is more than willing to peel back that curtain more and more and more so that you can see and have this true, intimate, deep relationship with Him and experience life more fully and more fully and more fully. I want to ask the worship team to come back and we're going to close with one last song. And I just want you to take this time as we sing this one last song. It's called Stand. And it's standing for what we believe. It's standing for the thing that we say that we truly believe. The thing that really guides our, our life. That relationship with Jesus. And I pray that you would use this last song as, as a response. A response that, 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 that just reaffirms. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be an initial response. Maybe it's the first time you're ever going to say, I'm, I, this is it. This is my faith. I'm starting this journey. Maybe it's you're going to become more passionate about your journey. I, again, I don't know where you are on your journey, but I just pray that you would use this, this opportunity as a response uh, to God and allow God to minister to you through this and to also use it maybe as a time of proclamation saying, this is my life, and this is what it's about for me, and this is where I'm going.
Let me lead us into a word of prayer before we engage. If you would, stand with me. And let me lead us into a word of prayer before, I, before we uh, engage in this one last song. Father, I just thank you so much for giving us insight into uh, the life of Daniel. Whereas we look at him, we can see that, um, again, just these things that, that, that you're moving, that you're always moving. Even when we may not see it, you're there ministering. You're there working. And I pray, God, that you would help us to have that faith, that trust. I pray that we would not get diverted or distracted, which is so easy for us as humans to do. But I pray that we would stay completely and implicitly focused upon you. I pray that we, our souls would be reverberated with joy and excitement knowing that you, we, that, we, that you care for us so deeply. And that even when things don't seem right, you are still moving. That you haven't left us, you haven't abandoned us. And Father, I pray that we would be individuals that can let go and give you control. That we could abandon our dreams. That we could abandon our wants and expectations and preferences. And Father, we could take on the things that you want. And may our lives just be able to stand and bring you glory. And it's in the most awesome name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen.